everybody. This is No Chick Lick Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, Remy. I'm your other co-host, B. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast, and today we are covering Season 15, Episode 10, The Hero's Journey. Yes. Oh my gosh, this title. I have thoughts. <laughs> you, you have thoughts. Yeah, but they'll come later. <laughs> because 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 my thoughts are a literal like sub in for the hero's journey, don't you mean the hero's debuff? Cuz that's what I hear I every time. No, I I have been waiting for this. I have been salivating over this and here we are. We're <laughs> As yes. I said in the after talk last night, I'm like, okay, who's been listening to NCFM because we've been talking about this for literally th- 3 months now. Yes. And it's just so delightful to actually see it on screen now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I I'm sorry. I just had a moment of like I I I love to hear that because I was waiting for your judgment on it. So I'm glad that you liked it because this is your yes, love child I, in a way. This this is my baby. This is what the idea I have been nursing since <laughs> September, and now I'm watching it spit up on Garth. But <laughs> Garth already has a bib ready. Like it's so good. It's so good. And and spoilers not spoilers, but we we are kind of carrying this idea into the next episode, which I'm super yeah. psyched for. Yeah, this is not a one-off. This is our new normal. And <laughs> oh my god, normal sucks allegedly. <laughs> well, yeah, man, the whole concept of the new normal or the like this is normal when it comes to the Winchesters. Like I, I do have um, uh, the word in my head is beef with that, but it's it's kind <laughs> of like thoughts. Yes. Let's just call them thoughts about that. So yes, we'll get into it. Uh, this was an episode written by Andrew Dab and directed by John F. Showalter, and the description for this episode for this episode reads. Sam and Dean hit the road to help an old friend, but it appears that their luck may have finally run out and they are the ones who may be in need of rescue. Mm-hmm. So already it's a little different than what I was hoping for, where it's it does feel tied in with luck, doesn't it? Well, what do you mean by it's a little different from what you were hoping for? Well, to talk about the hero debuff is... Something that Garth kind of gets into when he discovers what's going on. But saying, like, the things that make your life streamlined as a hero that normal people don't get. You know, we have to deal with every bump along the way. And it's not necessarily luck. It's not good luck versus bad luck. It's just what is mundane versus what is the hero's journey. So it was interesting for me to see luck become a concept in with this too. Like we have that two levels to what's happening here. That is very true. That's very true. Where this, like Sam and Dean's first thought on this is like, our luck is gone. Something has, you know, kicked the magic horseshoe out of our asses. But yeah, but it's it's, bad day at Black Rock all over again. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which this episode was reminiscent of in a way. But you're right. You're very right in that, like, uh, luck is different from 
just the mundane. Yeah. Normal people and problems. Yeah. Exactly. And if we're seeing these two concepts together, then what we're really seeing is that the hero is someone who's always rolling nat 20s and gets to skip over those cutscenes. But now they're no longer have now they no longer have that shine upon them so every mundane thing that comes up they're rolling snake eyes they have to deal with now so it feels like those two things although they're very easy to blend together we are being told that they're they are different when just keep that in mind when we're dealing with the story as it comes to us yeah, and and it's very meta on a level of we're bringing something like, you know, Batman never has to use the restroom into a real life situation, like into exactly. a a um live action situation in Sam and Dean in Supernatural. We're bringing it to that meta level. So, so like you said, trying to weave that kind of like high concept of the hero's journey into an episode is it's ambitious. Yeah. And we even, if we step back and look at the hero's journey as a concept, you know, Joseph Campbell loved her rag on about how only good story was the hero's journey. And it really feels like Chuck was like, I told that guy to write (laughs) that book, you know, but (laughs) like, the title is reminding us of the process of growth that a protagonist has to go through, the trials and tribulations that define them. And traditionally, the hero's journey is fight the dragon, you know, fight the assassin. Like, it's the fantastical elements that come up to define the person. But what we're seeing here is that um, not only does the hero's journey look different for everyone, but not all people need to follow that path. And we can subvert those expectations in what our heroes need to do and what is best for them. Like there's so much going on just when we're looking at the title. And then when we look at what Sam and Dean have to go through versus like when they're a traditional hero versus a normal person. And, and that, Exactly, is even brought into the end of the episode where, you know, it's it's not just one or the other or every hero has their own path in that, I mean, one of the last lines of, of the episode is Dean telling Garth, like, you, you did as a hero does. You were the hero in this story. And, and Garth is our compare and contrast kind of like the normal person versus, you know, are set against Sam and Dean. So then at the end of the episode to have Dean um, bring, you know, bring Garth up to say, like, you're a hero, too. Ergo, normal can be heroic. And there is no I guess what I'm saying is there is no hero or normal it's it's just life (laughs) it's just are we seeing the mundane that we never had to deal with before like and are we constantly rolling snake eyes how many times in your notes did you use uh D &D analogies because like oh oh it looks like sam failed his stealth check there Ooh. I used zero, but as soon as we started talking, I'm like, this is the most obvious comparison. Like, I got it. Oh I got God. you. I got you there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes. 
lots of thinky thoughts about the hero's journey as itself. We may as well get into it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. Well, the actual F episode, where do we kick off? <laughs> so yeah, we're starting off in media res. We are in this cage match that's staged in this abandoned warehouse. And we find out it is a werewolf versus a wraith in this octagon mm -hmm. ring. And a crowd is cheering as the wraith pummels the wolf. Um, the wolf kind of rallies, but eventually he's just getting slashed and stabbed. And we get a fade to red as he's passed out on the cage floor. This scene was intense, right? It was wonderful. Like, I, I didn't expect it. But at the same time, just that little tidbit of, hey, monsters throw their own, like, mixed martial arts uh -huh. cage fights to graze my... I'm like, they can have their own public underground event. WWE. Like, oh, my God. The right? concept. Yeah. Yeah. I adore it. You know how much I love monsters. You know how psyched I was when we introduced yep. that dark web concept in season 12 yep. and then dropped it like a hot 13. potato. <laughs> You're always one off. I've always one off. You're right. It was 13. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but these like this monster underground, anytime that we, that we bring mm -hmm. it back relevant to the story, I, Ascend. Oh, I so, agree. So we, this werewolf, I love this werewolf just because it's like we open up on his face and it was a bit of a, a reveal through this cage match that this is a monster's underground cage fight. This is two monsters in the ring duking it out. But, but yeah. literally as we opened up and came in to like see this this werewolf, I'm like, oh, that's a werewolf. Because Supernatural loves to typecast their werewolves. A, br a yep, scruffy brunette. Yep, yep. Like, that's a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And as the teeth slowly started coming out in the crowd, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm feeling comfortable where we're, we're, we're supposed to be. <laughs> my, my, my typecast werewolf boy i i loved him a lot oh my gosh yeah just three baby mamas okay yes so that's what we're getting that's our little tantalizing tidbit we're gonna get back to mm -hmm. but they're cold open yes mm. so sam and dean what we're finding out is dean has gone to go get groceries essentially <laughs> at a convenience store he has parked the impala in the no park zone out in front and he's buying beer and supplies and Meanwhile, at the bunker, Sam is poorly handling the kitchen smoke alarm going off. Oh my god. He's like, a smoke alarm? What is this? Instapanic. It's time to just flail my limbs around. <laughs> I want to look like a puppet. Oh my gosh. Lose all concept of like, what a potholder is. What is temperature? <laughs> oh my gosh. Dean's chatting up the store clerk, Teddy... Sam is smashing plates. <laughs> Dean discovers he has a sore mouth as he's chewing on a candy bar and that his debit card isn't working. Um, Sam, yeah, he forgets what potholders are <laughs> or that oven mitts exist. And he's like, time to pour the pasta on the floor. 
And Dean pulls a Grey's Anatomy as he essentially gets kicked out of this store without being able to pay for anything. He's just going, seriously? 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 As his life continues to get worse. I loved that. Teddy takes away his Butterfinger too far, Teddy. I know. I mean... (laughs) He's got to be able to scrounge up like the buck 25 it needs from the Impala seats. He can pay for it. Don't take it from him. But maybe it was like a sympathy thing. Like you're going to hurt yourself, buddy. You're wincing a lot right now. And I didn't even notice it on the on the first watch. But that seriously? Seriously? Oh, I got such a kick out of it the second time. Mm-hmm. I loved it. He almost gets run over by a skater. He discovers the parking ticket on the front of the Impala. And yeah, he's got a flat debit card. What the fuck is he going to do now? He had a stealth meter made in the, in the 10 minutes he was in the store. <laughs> So yeah, at the bunker, Dean and Sam convene in the war room to talk about just how weird things are going with them. And Sam's sneezing into... I'm like, I'm trying to say it's Sam sneezing. It's Jared. (laughs) Jared is doing the most elaborate sneezing into his elbow Uh, and then like flinching back in disgust at whatever he sees. Like, I can't even imagine what the dailies look like for this episode because what we saw on screen was so lively and you could tell they were just living. It it, it was uh, Sam's ugly plaid too, so I didn't feel too bad that he was getting snot (laughs) into the elbow there. It was already a napkin, let's be real. <laughs> but, but yes, so, so Jensen is hamming it up. Jared, his fucking face. Like, when Sam walks into the room and he trips over the stair and, and yeah, Dean's just like, was that a trip? And then five seconds later, wait, are you sick? Jared's fucking face, I swear. Oh, I know. You can tell he's like, I'm going to try and make everyone laugh and you're not going to be able to stop me. Like, he's like a kid in the candy store the second he gets to play for goofs. Oh I, I wish there was actual, like, recorded data on uh, how, like, total recording time for one of these episodes mm-hmm. versus one of, like, the, uh, uh, the uh, mid-season finale uh the more somber ones. What it? What it? What it? I'm. What is uh, Adam's name? Uh, not Adam. I mean Jake Abel. Jake Abel. Oh, I had Jared in my head, and I'm like, oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's versatile, but not that. <laughs> yeah, not that versatile. So yeah, the Jake the the Jake Abel episode. I'm just thinking of of course with like uh, the conventions when they were like, yeah, you get an actual actor on set and you you kind of want to r- live up to to their their effort. But yeah, oh gosh, now like we're actually being graded. We have to be like caliber that we can reach. Like oh, outrageous. <laughs> Versus this episode where you know. Just, it's one of those nightmare on set days, but also n- n- nightmare and then it's a it's a uh, day to remember fondly. Yeah, it's, it's a delight because you can tell the actors are just pushing to see how far they can get away with. And maybe this will be the take that they take. <laughs> and, and I love to hear that they are always surprised at the takes that the directors do take for that kind of stuff. Yes. It's like, oh, I was just fucking around. 
Yeah, like in season 14, was it episode four, Mint Condition, Mm -hmm. when they were spying outside of the house and then they both, (laughs) Sam and Dean, Jared and Jensen, decide to just rickshaw slam their way down into the seat like oh we're hiding and then hey look it made it into the episode exactly exactly i feel like there was a lot of these like dean's i think i swallowed a bug (laughs) oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god i can't wait for that okay yeah let's go okay yes okay so dean's phone starts ringing he looks at it oh hey it's garth picks up hey garth and then garth goes hey dean it's garth i'm just (laughs) Oh my god, I we're love doing him. This. It's happening. So fucking much. I love him so much. Oh, I know. And he's the perfect one to bring in when Sam and Dean are in a situation like this. Yes, yes. It I I always forget how much I adore Garth in until we bring him in. And he just brings an energy to not only to the episode, but to the care like to I guess Jared and Jensen that that yeah. I, I love to see yeah like as a character he's quite easy breezy he goes with the flow and so he, a lends well to comedy but b also lends well to oh well shit happens we got to deal with it mm-hmm. and so a plus choice bringing him in yeah yeah i can't think of a better a better person to to tie into this message yes So, essentially, the long story short of this phone conversation is he needs Sam and Dean's help. So, they hop in the car and they are driving, discussing whether or not they're cursed right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, either Chuck put a whammy on them before Uh he left, or maybe there's something in the bunker that's causing this. Yeah, maybe something that you brought back from Rowena's backfired. Oh, and like hearing that, I'm like, did Sam make a second trip? I'm like immediately teary-eyed. Like, I'm fine. I'm immediately like, is Sam setting up his own apothecary? Yeah. In 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 where Dean knows that that Sam has been quote unquote messing with Rowena's shit. So I know. I'm just one line. So many implications. Galaxy brain concepts coming at me. Oh my god, oh my god. I forgot that last episode, and we forgot to... uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to make fun of it, in that uh, 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 Dean threw out that galaxy brain comment. I'm like, okay, boomer, yeah. (laughs) Anyways. He's trying, bless him. He's up against God. I mean, he's allowed to... Just get the you tried sticker put onto his chest. It's one of those like, oh, supernatural mention Fortnite. I'm very uncomfortable in this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we haven't had Fortnite come up yet. That is last episode. Sorry, this episode. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. They're just going like, this is not normal, and we get a quick rundown. Okay, so Cass is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Sam's sick. Dean got a ticket. It's not that big of a deal, Sam is saying. Yeah. It happens. We'll deal. And then what doesn't happen, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back is baby starts to sputter out. Yeah. And if baby is 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 having a no good, very bad day, then we know something's wrong. Yeah. We've crossed into the red zone there. We're in <laughs> danger, girl. <laughs> 
And, oh, poor, no, no, baby, no. Dean is sweet-talking the Impala. Yeah, trying to coax that engine out of stalling, but no bueno. No bueno. So they have to walk the 10 miles that it takes to get to Garth's. Yeah, yep, and, uh... And and I'm like, you know, they get out of the car and they're just like, oh, Rick. And then they start walking. But I'm like, Dean, did you forget your mechanic? But he redeems himself later, so. Yeah. I, I'm i sitting here again. I'm like, let me do my backflips. I've been stretching this whole episode. But, like, he would have looked at the engine and go, well, again, they roll snake eyes. They roll that nat one that the engine would have been fine, but that little knock became something more and they have gotten so used to being the heroes that you know you don't have to necessarily bring along extra spark plugs just in case for the drive because you've never had to deal with that before you get sideswiped by a semi in season one like (laughs) yeah no of course and i mean like my thing was as i was watching it of course i was like dean you're not even gonna check under the hood Mm -hmm. but then i realized okay this is not like real time real life we don't need to dedicate time to him like you don't need a scene (laughs) cut to him having checked out under the hood uh call in triple a under a fake name (laughs) It, it it would it would it would really just be bad tv to dedicate time to that so so yeah but but like i said later we know that you know it is in, it is uh implied that dean did have that like you know knowledge of what had happened but i'm getting yeah. into too yeah <laughs> we're, we gotta get into it because again if this was like a buckling bingo we're sitting there circling unfortunate implications <laughs> and just going okay but like how bad is this uh-huh. and like is is this the mundane or is this the luck or did they genuinely lose knowledge when chuck pulled the rug out from underneath them and that is going to be a question later in this episode and yes it, 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 but but i i think that it's a question open to many interpretations yes, of of I will know, agree. the implications so yeah. yeah it's the your mileage may vary mm-hmm. i think that it's not as ultimately it's not as dire as it may seem at first blush like you said yeah. did did uh, Chuck take knowledge or is he just manipulating circumstances? We're not quite there yet where it's super relevant, but, yeah. but it we'll is definitely discuss question. when we get there. Yeah. It is the big yes. question of this, ep- of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So at the Fitzgerald place, Garth is feeding one of his babies, then the other. <laughs> and these two twin boys are sitting there. One spews all over Garth's prepared bib. He is just so happy to be a dad. He's not even phased by this. And it's so good. He's so good. It's so cute. I know. I'm not even one, especially for babies, because, you know, look at the spewing part right there. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, you put a fear in me. I'm taking 10 steps back. But... <laughs> He makes a convincing job of okay, this is manageable, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's it's so good. I mean, Garth, the two babies, one which he, you know, we we learn his name is Sammy. Yeah, Sam, 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 Sam Manuel. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and then we have um, oh, I didn't write down her name. Is it Gertie? Gertie, yeah. 
Yeah, we have Gertie, uh, a five, six-year-old daughter who's who's uh, coloring at the table as well. Yes. And the doorbell rings, so Garth asks Gertie, you know, just keep an eye on your brothers, I'll go answer it. And there is Sam and Dean, and Garth is just ready to hand out hugs. <laughs> as always, it's Garth. Yeah, he's such a good book. And and Sam gives a little like oh, I'm sick, and then but but yeah, but no, Dean no. succumbs. Yeah, and Gar's little oh you smell so good, and then Dean okay yeah we're done. <laughs> and and that's where like I said Dean redeems himself and 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 you know the mechanics club where he says yeah uh, the Impala broke down ten miles back I think it's the spark plugs but you know. We'll see. And and me, I'm like, okay, 10 miles and it's still dark out. Excuse me? <laughs> have you ever have you ever done a 10 mile run? 10 miles run? is not that far. Oh, no. No. They're, well, they were when getting you're in used some, to dealing with clicks, I'm like, miles are nothing. They were getting in, in some light exercise there. Yeah, a gentle jog, you know, get the heart rate up, <laughs> Sam. You know, that's going to be good for the immunity system, <laughs> question mark. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gertie calls them into the kitchen and Sam and Dean get their introduction to the kids. Mm -hmm. So we have Gertie, as mentioned, and twin Sam and Dean's kind of like, oh, so the second one must be. And Gar's like, yep, it's Castiel. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) And Dean's just a little bit like, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I knew this was coming like it it was How? Okay. Because of that leak ages ago where there was cast and call out for baby Sam and baby Cassiel. Oh, and we were oh just God. like, what does that mean? Is there like a de-aging episode or whatever? But as soon as one baby's name's Sam, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, so the other one is Cass. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. That was like a full two weeks before episode one even aired. That's hilarious. It was a while back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good gag. It was a great gag. And and this cracked me up. And I mark this point here as the point where I started laughing and then didn't stop for a full 10 minutes. <laughs> because Because everything that follows this is gold. It's fucking gold. Oh, yeah, you feel Jensen and Jared just putting their heart into it, and <laughs> it's to such golden results. Oh, absolutely. But first, we get into why Sam and Dean are even here. We have Bess's cousin, Mr. Typecast, who <laughs> was found, quote-unquote, dead Outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota. And now that same werewolf that we saw in the ring in the first scene of the episode is laid out on Gertie's bed upstairs. And he is not, he's not looking too hot, but he is apparently recovering from this, from this match. Yeah. Like you said, he looks like he should be dead. (laughs) He looks like he's stabbed all over. But they go, no, it's not from a knife. It's a wraith. So what was a wraith doing fighting a werewolf? And 
that's kind of the hanging question that they have until this guy wakes up. Yes, yes. And here when they're in Gertie's room and they're talking about it, we have, you know, Sam still still coughing, sneezing into his uh, uh, elbow. And we have Dean who picks up what looks to be a peanut M&M and he chops down on that and and he's not having a good time. And we see Garth taking Yeah, he starts cursing of, about of his that. teeth there. Uh, so I love that again, again, both Jared and Jensen are just putting everything they have into every fucking line. Yes. That, that yes. son of a, I, I could go on all oh, day, obviously. Yeah. yeah. We only get one son of a bitch to completion and they definitely saved it to the perfect point. <laughs> but so, so they're going to leave this cousin here. His name's Brad. Um, best comments on Sam's sneezing and she's like oh you know I can help you out with that I can make a homemade recipe for Mm -hmm. a remedy and meanwhile Dean and Garth are having a little chit chat yeah yeah uh Dean is basically um you know complimenting Garth on how good he's done his whole you know he's got a good thing going he's got a good life he he and and Dean can commend him for that and and Garth is you know saying yeah it's better than I ever thought I would get you know being a hunter you don't really think about this kind of stuff you think you're going to go out 40 before you're 40, still young and pretty, he says. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then, you know, but it sometimes I guess things just work out. Yeah. I really liked that line there of it just, it just encapsulates Garth's personality so well of, you know, you think it's going to be one way and it just goes differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's for the better. He just yeah. is so laissez-faire. I love it. Ever the optimist, definitely. Mm-hmm. But he does note Dean's teeth are troubling him. And he's yeah. like, I think I have something that can help you. So follow me downstairs. <laughs> follow? <laughs> what are we doing, Garth? What? What? what where are we going? <laughs> it was very get Dean out. Dean regresses. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. It was it was so good. We have the horror music mounting. The tension is racketing up. <laughs> we have Garth leading Dean down to the basement, and he opens up the basement door into a a, a sterile environment, a dentist's office. Yeah, and we get reminded like. Garth was a dental hygienist, or at least he was going for it before he got pulled into the hunter's life. Yeah, He killed the tooth fairy, but yes! she had it coming. And I'm just like, oh my god. The callbacks. The callback oh, was kiss. so perfect. The callback was amazing. Because honestly, it's like I had completely forgotten. And it's just like one of those things that just slams you back into this thing that you totally forgot that you knew at one point. But the second that Garth opened the door and we saw the dentist chair, I was like, oh my God, Garth was a dental hygienist. I... I forgot about that. And then he and then he called back to his tooth fairy origin story. And I was just like, yeah. it was one of those subtle, like, uh, uh, 20 second things that just brought up such fondness in me that it was expertly yeah, done. It, 
it feels like a serendipitous twist that they had given him that backstory eight years ago uh-huh. and are able to pull it out like Trump's suit in this moment here. <laughs> like, it's one of those writing moments where you're just like, God bless, this is fantastic. Yes, yeah. He's saying, yeah, yeah, I've got a good little practice going on. You know, those the those wolves can't exactly go to a normal dentist. Not with all the heart eating and the, you know, the fangs. So, so. Yeah, so- and flossing's a real bee. <laughs> Fang maintenance is a bee. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's just, it's so Garth, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Dean's also initial little, like, laugh scoff like no and getting manhandled by garth into the chair uh-huh uh-huh it's so good i know and and he's he's dragged he's like no no i think i'm good i'm all right i'm all right but then no garth's not having it he grabs him by the elbow and drags dean over to the dentist chair and dean's just like oh god you're strong <laughs> i can't do anything about I- this I love that running gag through the episode here. Just Dean becoming more and more in awe of this little kind of beanpole of a guy that's just hauling him around. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And and meanwhile, Jared, not Jared, (laughs) Sam. Well, it is kind of Jared. Sam is back in the kitchen with uh, Bess and the kids. And Bess is putting down a little concoction in front of him and saying, my grandfather's recipe swears it'll cure anything. You're, just, just you know, down it and, and, and you'll clear right up. So, so Sam's like, well, what, well, what's this? And she's like, well, it's a secret, silly. And Sam's like, okay. And bottoms up and then immediate regret. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. He basically drops to the ground and starts writhing. <laughs> like just <laughs> cannot handle this drink. When Sam falls to the floor and <laughs> just starts fucking worming around down there and we have Gertie who is just looking on with s- such relish and 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 Bess who literally is just stepping over him because he'll be fine but <laughs> Sam is dying she has three children that she handles this is just an adult sized oh, one added my to the God. mix yes yeah yeah, and and Beth says, "Well, I will tell you that it's mostly cayenne." So, <laughs> like he's just like licking his tongue against <laughs> his clothes, and Gertie's going, "Mummy, the giant's crying," and I'm just like, "I love everything that's happening here." I have literal tears in my as Sam. I have literal tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, he's just hollering in the babies. When the babies start crying, I'm on the floor. I am <laughs> rolling. I cannot even see because I'm laughing so hard. And, and it's like Sam's have- indignation towards them. <laughs> how do you think I feel? <laughs> just like, how dare you cry when I'm crying? <laughs> 
And then we have Gertie, who's trying to uh, 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 soothe the 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 twins, and Sam just reaching up from the floor. It's okay. It's it's okay. Big Sam's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It was beautiful. and like down in the basement, Garth is soothing Dean <laughs> like a child too. Like, open up. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, because during all this, we have Garth who has examined Dean's mouth and said, hey, when was the last last time that you went to the dentist? And and Dean's like, oh, I don't know, never? Sounds fake, but okay. And, <laughs> and Garth is like, okay, well, I see a couple problems in there, but we can fix you right up. And and apparently there are seventeen cavities in Jensen Ackles' perfect mouth, and <laughs> which again sounds fake, but the way <laughs> that he delivers that line, that just soft what <laughs> he does so much comedy gold this episode, I can't get over it. It's so perfect. So. Uh, yeah, so Garth is going to put Dean under while he fills these cavities. And he, you know, uh, as you said, uh, uh, put, uh, here comes the airplane. He puts the little gas mask on on uh, over Dean's nose and just, just, it's okay. Breathe deep. It's all right. And then. <laughs> and as Dean goes under, I leave my body. <laughs> I can't handle what's coming next. <laughs> My notes here, all it has is these fucking talented tap dancing fucks. Oh my god, did they? I okay. can't believe. Okay. I can't believe they <laughs> learned how to do tap dancing for this. And then we hear the clunk of a spotlight turning on and my, to steal from you, from last night my soul leaves my body because here we have that white suit that we saw in the shaving people punting things promo and this is actually happening that <laughs> little i don't even know what type of hat that is but there's <sighs> dean in tap dancing attire meeting garth in the same outfit, and it's time to tap a dance. It's time to tap a dance, and and it's so fifties, and it's. It, I mean, they did good job. <laughs> I'll say that they did good. They did good. Like I would not imagine being on a show where I'm either a lead or I'm a guest star and they're like oh by the way for this episode we need you to learn tap dancing for a dream sequence and you're like motherfucker what <laughs> and cause I said what cause I said what yeah I mean honestly secondhand embarrassment aside <laughs> I, 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 I need to know whose idea this was how did this happen is my question. Yeah, like how many channels did people go <laughs> yes and then finally get to like Jensen and DJ and they're like, yeah, I think we can do that. And then to hear what? and then to hear that it wasn't DJ's or Jensen's idea like from the start, like 
they they committed they went out and they learned the routine they fucking dirty danced this thing and yeah i (laughs) it's it was special i i definitely fled my body on first watch (laughs) like my soul was just like you need to stop breathing because breathing (laughs) means you continue to exist and if you continue to exist you continue to watch this so let's just cut this whole shit out (laughs) but the second watch was good second watch i was like okay this is happening and i am prepared and fucking talented fucks Uh uh-huh uh-huh it was really i mean it was fun and it was and they did a good job and 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 what we're seeing is jensen and garth going through this like (laughs) this 50s tap dance routine and they are hamming it up and then about halfway through, Garth disappears, and and Dean throws away his his uh, um, cane that he had been using as a prop before in the dance, and he sweeps up this floor lamp and 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 sweeps it across the room. Uh, I'm I'm trying very very hard not to use the word seduce and. <laughs> It was a little bit of what the song is saying, like, let's misbehave. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We're on our own. No chaperone can get our number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Dean leaps up onto the war table and does a little spinning number and ends on this perfect debonair profile shot. Yeah, this tip of the brow. And- uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he wakes up. Yeah, Dean comes to with a mouthful of gauze and <laughs> Garth is calling him a slugger and Dean is just out of it grinning. <laughs> oh, you did so good! And then Jensen's face when he's like, yay! <laughs> it was so good. Jensen had so much fun making faces this episode. Absolutely. He was like, stuff my mouth full of cotton and I'm just going to grin as much as I can. And like, stuff my mouth full of grilled cheese and I'm going to grin as much as I can. I feel like he saw the dailies <laughs> of the the cotton gauze shot and he's like, okay, okay, we got, this is, this is great. I got to do this again. Yeah. Just like perpetually like. There's always a little bit more cotton to pull out. <laughs> he, he loves that making that face. It was so good. And then after a commercial break, we come back and we have we have Sam and he's sitting in the living room and he seems to be finally kind of recovering from his misfortune. Yeah. And then Dean and Garth come up from the basement. And Sam's just like, big brother, where were you? I needed you. Yeah. My time of What did you do? And like, Dean's looking real mush mouth still. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's gonna be out of it a bit for an hour yet. The loopy eyes are still happening. Fuck, he's so good. But (laughs) Garth takes this opportunity to ask, like, what is going on? You know, overnight, mouthful of cavities, you're sick, your car's breaking down. Who did you guys piss off? I know. And, well, it's funny you should ask about that because, uh, uh, God? It's God. <laughs> They're so sheepish. It's so good. 
And like Hugh, Bess, and Garth just sitting there like, oh, oh, God, like, <laughs> God. Wait, so- This is the story you're telling us. God, the God wants to kill you? Well, technically, he wants us to kill each other, but yeah, that's the long and short of it. Tomato, tomato. I, I, I will never get over the just the gold mine of um Sam and Dean Winchester explaining to normal people their not normal normal people problems, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so like last week, God stuck a scalpel into my shoulder to cure this wound that was connecting us together on a quantum level. And you're like, oh, okay, because like little Sammy just started <laughs> using a pacifier for the first time. It's like, oh, big Sammy was having a slightly bigger problem. Oh my God. And, and we have Garth who's puzzling it out a little bit he's saying okay so god is a writer and basically you guys have been the heroes of his story yeah sam yeah yeah i guess and then garth says man being the hero sucks though yeah and he starts citing comic books, you know, the way that Batman and Superman's origin mm-hmm. stories all begin with death and explosions. And he's kind of going, okay, so what does that make me? Like, am I a guest star? And <laughs> they're just like, no, no, like, don't, don't think about it. And he's like, no, that is great because the hero's story sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe you win in the end. Yeah. And as Garth is citing these uh, these examples of how the hero's life blows, um, yeah, maybe maybe your entire planet blows up. Maybe your parents are shot in an alley. Maybe you, you go in and you have a bad interview and then the guy shows up in your hardware store. And, <laughs> and we get some insight into um, Garth. More, we get uh, let's way say, too much insight. Yeah, let's say more insight than we might have cared for. Way <laughs> too Garth much. And Beth's personal lives. I loved. I loved Jared. Uh, again, I keep falling into Jared Jensen instead of Sam. Yes. Sam and Dean. Yes. But we have Sam saying, as if he's afraid to ask, "Who's the hero in that one?" <laughs> Oh my god, I, I, I want to know how much is scripted and how much is ad-libbed, because that feels uh-huh. like an ad-libbed thing, you know? God bless. God bless. And yeah, so yeah. Garth is laying it out, you know? The pros of being the hero are you guys don't have to sweat the small stuff, but if Chuck's downgraded you, now it's a concern. Like, you have to worry about the getting a flat tire, getting a ticket, getting a toothache. Yeah, yeah. As the hero, you don't have to worry about the mundanity in life. It slows the story down, he says. And mm-hmm. uh, he says, well, if you're downgraded, then you're... And Dean's trying to cut in to say, cursed? We're, we're cursed and he's very mush mouthed around that so it takes a couple repetitions but uh garth says no not cursed you're normal with normal people problems yeah yeah no you're normal guys you have for the first time in your entire lives you are experiencing normal people problems and, and- garth just <laughs> takes this beat 
<laughs> and Garth just takes this beat and um and says, Dean, you need to get a colonoscopy stat. <laughs> like Dean spitting cotton balls. What? <laughs> Still spitting those. He cotton gets balls. so many good, like, what? What? <laughs> Seriously? What? Normal? <laughs> colonoscopy? Colonoscopy? I loved the uh I love this moment though where where Garth says, No guys, this is like this is what normal people experience in their day to day. And we have this beat of Sam and Dean just like looking at each other, side eyeing each other, like I'm, what? <laughs> yeah, like how have we been on a different tier from other people for until now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it it kind of it it's coming around to this point that is being reiterated over and over and over again from this point on, which is normal. Normal sucks. If this is normal, then I want yeah. no part of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Sam's asking, well, how do we fix this? But they they don't really have ideas and they can't even really get into it because Brad is calling for Bess now that he has awoken upstairs. Yes, yes. We hear Brad calling from upstairs. They troop up and and we have Garth and Beth trying to reassure Brad, like, who are these guys? They're they're cool. Brad, they're cool. Chill yeah. out. Yeah. Brad's immediately wary of Sam and Dean, kind of suspects them as hunters. Yeah. And he's lying about what happened to him. He says, Oh, you know, I fell down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And Sam Tries to convince him to tell the truth by throwing his puppy dog eyes around. (laughs) But the fucking Brad here, that never actually works for you, does it? That that was perfect. It was so good. Putting Sam on blast. Absolutely. And in the the Brad... The Brad. Okay, well, I was going to say the Brad actor. The Brad. Uh, Either way works, but... Uh, uh, the Brad actor delivered it so well. It was, he waited the perfect amount of time and he was like, wow, really? Does that work for you? <laughs> he turns the best. Did you, wait, did you see that? With the puppy eyes and the fur of brow? Like, wow. That was and good, like, man. Dean looking to Sam too, also just being like, oh, like, that's a thing? <laughs> like, I loved it because it, it Again, we're getting so meta with it. Like, we get to make fun of all of those tropes that that we've seen emerge through the years. And the things that we make fun of, now the show has opportunity to make fun of. Yeah, we get to look at those pieces we take for granted, you know? Mm -hmm. Sam turns on the doe eyes and gets the suspect to spill. (laughs) But... Bess has her own creative solution for this where uh-huh. okay so Brad's not talking she just goes and digs her fingers into his injuries <laughs> ow ow it, it read very like sibling or like bratty cousin to me for sure I loved it yeah yeah and and like fine fine yeah <laughs> he's saying that there's this place monsters go to fight for money and Dean, oh, real money? And then, hey, look, I can talk. <laughs> good, good for you? Yeah. Like, I didn't know this was a problem. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sorry. You just you just bl- you just blew my mind with that with that in that, you know, how many asides do Dean and Sam make like right in front of a witness, for example. And and to have to have the quote-unquote witness chime in on that, like those yeah. inside jokes. Like there's no context for that. But <laughs> All these writing shortcuts that we again take for granted. It's so good. Yeah. The the stories that we have, the arc that we follow, just even in an episode, it has shorthands that get us from point A to point B in the yeah. simplest way possible. And here we are kind of taking that moment to go, okay, yeah, this wouldn't work in real life, and yet it passes for their real life in the show. I- it's so fucking galaxy brain. It's so good. <laughs> so yeah, Brad is saying that he needed cash to support his three baby mamas. So he was doing these fights. They go up on the dark web. He makes his money, but okay. He gives the address for this spot and he makes a point to say, you know, Sam and Dean, you guys walk in there, you'll be ripped apart, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things in one place, he says. And three baby mamas, I love him. <laughs> I got I bills. Best just being, like, my little shithead cousin. Like, she's digging those nails in with a little bit extra energy. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't need so much enthusiasm. <laughs> exactly. And then we, but now that Sam and Dean have this info, they're, they're going to go do the job, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like they reconvene with Garth who tries to dissuade them from going, you know, you guys aren't in the best of shape right now, but Sam and Dean say they have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is our job. This is what we do. We, we can't just not go. And, 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 you know, Maybe it's just me having advanced knowledge of where this actually goes, but but as the viewer, um, I'm kind of sitting with Garth here, where we have Sam and Dean, who are like the competent and confident hunters, who who they're like, okay, we got this, we 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 have to do it, so we're gonna do it. But then we have Garth, who's like, I don't yeah. know, guys. <laughs> Yeah, because if you think from Simon Dean's perspective, it's like, okay, yeah, we've had a bunch of mundane crap come out Mm -hmm. of left field that we're dealing with now, but we're still hunters. This has still been our life, and it might be a little harder to do now, but it's what we do. Mm -hmm. So they don't realize necessarily that they should knock that confidence down one or two pigs. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't, hasn't, I guess, um, really hit home yet in that regard. Yeah. 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 They haven't tested themselves in that regard, <laughs> definitely. Yep. But they're going to go do it. And we, uh, <laughs> and Garth, I'm uh, sorry, I, I got ahead of myself in my own thoughts, which is why I laughed inappropriately right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Garth uh, offers, like, okay, well, if you guys go- are going, then I'm going too. And Dean speaks up to say, like, no, no, this is, you have a family, you have Bess and the kids, and with us right now, everything's going wrong, and if something went wrong, then 
then we couldn't live with that. And you don't, you don't want that to happen. Where would your family Yeah, we don't want to do that to them. Yeah, exactly. And Garth says, you know, you're right. But at least let me buy you some spark plugs, man. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, he gets those spark plugs for them. And they're finally driving off towards the site of these monster fights. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they pull up into this abandoned parking lot in front of a warehouse and Dean's getting out of the car and he's saying, yeah, yeah, isolated, run down, uh, industrial. Yeah. If I was going to have some monster smashes, then this is where it would be, right? Yeah. And like they're going to the trunk of their vehicle. They're collecting their gear as usual. And like Dean's describing his one go bag, but Sam's like, no, 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 wait a second. Like we need to bring more with us. We need to have more bullets. We need to have first aid. We need to have safety flares. We can't just assume that we can charge in their guns a blazing. And Dean is having kind of a okay nerd moment, but. Uh, but he, he hops on board and he picks up that, oh, sounds like a job for the grenade launcher. He picks up that grenade launcher. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. We need extra protection, extra caution. Well, grenade launcher's great for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, hey, sweetheart. Uh, and through this all, uh, we have Dean chopping down on some grilled cheese sandwiches because, Wow. These grilled cheese sandwiches that Bess sent us on the road with. Wow, these are the best, right? And Sam, yeah, you've had like seven of them, Dean. Oh my God. And like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, so what is the mundane thing that's going to kick him here? You know, (laughs) does he not have the iron stomach Stomach. that he thought that he had? And I was just immediately like, don't tell me he's going to be lactose intolerant. Like, Oh my God. You could just feel this mounting (laughs) dread because he's having so much delight with these grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) And, um, as we said earlier, we get that little uh, stuffed mouth smile, like cheese, literally cheese. Fucking, like I am just grinning because of Jensen with his mouth full. He he fucking knows he's hilarious when he does it, and he just tries it out whenever he can. I know, I know, absolutely. So yeah, they have prepped their bags. They are going stealth mode inside where Sam promptly kicks over a bucket on the ground right in front of him. <laughs> this is where I'm like clumsy Sam strikes again. And and well, so it, when when at the beginning of the this episode, uh Sam kind of stumbled in the doorway when he was going to greet Dean in the bunker and Dean's like, did you just like stumble? And then here again, he knocks over a a, a a tin can and makes a racket. And Dean's like, seriously, did you like forget how to walk? I'm like, oh. you know, I can make jokes. Sam fails his stealth check, um, <laughs> but I I I just liked along the lines of um. Uh, Dean being lactose intolerant now, or Dean having seventeen uh, uh, cavities now. I I like the um, the read that Sam is a very large person. <laughs> yes, and and maybe 
he's not as uh, uh, graceful or or stealthy as he thought he was. Maybe he's having some uh, big person problems. Yeah, like all of a sudden he doesn't know how to properly control his limbs. Because like uh-huh. you're mentioning the tripping in the bunker and I'm thinking of that fucking disaster in the kitchen where he looks <laughs> like the before part of an infomercial for like pot grabbers. Like, <laughs> are you tired of grabbing hot pots with your bare hands? And he's just like, whoa! <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Just instant panic mode. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you that it feels like all of a sudden Sam doesn't really know the dimensions of his body, and so he's just kicking and hitting into things willy-nilly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, Dean's trying to sass him for this lack of coordination, but he gets karmic um, digestive distress in him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and we like hear those <laughs> stomach noises. They I, are I gruesome grumbles. Someone stomach noises with IBS sounds... was like, "Yes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is my moment. My Foley moment. I know these but... grumbles. <laughs> I said, I said, uh, stomach noises, but it just seemed too small a word for what's happening here. What we see is happening. <laughs> and Richter scale stomach noises. And Sam was like, what was that? Dean, it's just, I don't know, but it's not good, guys. Uh, his brain just shuts down to one word and he's just like, bathroom, bathroom. bathroom. I need to find bathroom. a bathroom. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. He fucking sprints from that that main room <laughs> in the warehouse that we entered in and we I mean like so so they come into this warehouse and it is the cage match arena that we saw earlier in the episode. So they're yes. in the right place. Yes. But they have completely foregone stealth at this point. Like Dean's running mm. to the bathroom. He is up chucking violently. And they're both like, Dean, Sammy, Dean. <laughs> and Dean finishes briefly. He has a moment of respite. He thinks Sam's behind him, but no, like he dropped his bags. He shed them on the way to his one track mine to the bathroom. And now an enemy is standing behind him with a grenade launcher <laughs> as he continues to throw up. Oh my god. Yeah. And I loved Sam's little um uh bratty little brother moment where he's like, I think you're lactose intolerant now. Yeah. <laughs> and from the bathroom Dean is just one big fuck you while also puking his guts yeah. out. Yeah, I don't need your schadenfreude right now. <laughs> but, but, you know, we have that, um, well, a patron of the, um, that cage match that we saw in the first scene of the episode. And we recognize him from that first scene and he has now gotten the jump on Dean. Yes. And the next we see him, he is in the octo ring with Sam and Sam is kind of lamenting like, I didn't even hear them behind hmm. me. They just snuck up and they got like, we're captured. And Zine going normal sucks. Yeah, yeah. They got me on the crapper, okay? 
I win. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And we have Cuddy, who is that I can't find an equivalent in my mind, but he is the quintessential something. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a bookie or something like that. Yeah, like, the quintessential weasel, you know? Yeah. And and he comes out and he has Sam and Dean locked in the cage. He's like, he's smarming it up, right? Yeah. Sam, Dean, can I get you a towel, some water? How are you how you doing? And and then they're just like, Okay, 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 who the fuck are you? Yeah. And he gives his name and he says that he's a shifter and he says he's the one who runs these fights. Yep. Yep. And and he's like, I'm a shifter, but above all, I am a sportsman. And he goes into his little little monologue of how man is most pure in the ring. And Sam, Dean, I, I want to see you at your most pure. I felt his little speech was like a great thesis for Chuck in this moment. Like really stripped down, closed in just you against the world. That's what I want to see. And it kind of is reflective of Sam and Dean right now that they've lost the hero buff. You know, they have the debuff hitting and they are stripped down just themselves and they have to measure themselves against that. I love that. I didn't even think about that. But that is so apt. Absolutely. And if we think about what Cuddy's setting up here for them, he's saying, you are going to go into the cage. It's going to be the two of you against one of my best fighters here, (laughs) Maul, who is just this massive vampire, 310 (laughs) pounds, towering. Yeah, yeah. And... And this is, like, if we go to, like, the metaphor level, like, Maul, the fucking mountain that is real-world problems, or or basically the mountain that you have to overcome to, you know, win this fight, and that, the thing that seems impossible, especially, you know, as you are now stripped down, bare. Yeah. Uh, Okay, okay, I get you. I got you. I, I see where this is going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, if we are going to have to see Sam and Dean square off against God as heroes, well, first we're seeing Sam and Dean square off against a vampire as normal people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Can I bring this forward into, like, the large... Yes. Can I bring this forward into... Yes. Uh, garth's MacGuffin. if you can't win fair then oh my goodness when we get there maybe maybe this this little revelation will have coalesced into something something oh yeah because it's it's the MacGuffin, like you're mentioning but Uh it is also we are going to subvert the hero's journey we don't have to go it alone we can go with others i love that wow beast it's it's so good (laughs) Like I said, the just the episode being called The Hero's Journey, I'm like, you can stick true to it and what it means. You can also look at subverting it. And our narrative is giving us both. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we have Cuddy, and he has this whole speech about, you know, what is man, the true person? Um, yeah. And 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 it's when you're stripped down to your bare essentials. It's like pure, pure instinct. Well, he doesn't say pure instinct, so sorry. Um, but, like, this is the core. This is the yeah. intrinsic. This is what you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even think to tie that into the greater, the larger theme of the episode. Yeah. I certainly didn't on first watch, but second watch, you realize that that cage is the metaphor of the world, you know? Yeah. And here we have you closed in against your enemy, and how are you going to fare? Yeah. Yeah. And then Dean fails this intimidation role. Oh, my God. God. He just starts talking hot shit about how he they've does. killed gods and angels and demons and alphas and you guys better just let us go because we're gonna fuck you up too. And they're just like, mm-hmm, it's your sweaty, <laughs> bye. <laughs> and and as uh Sam looked taken aback at Brad's jab at the puppy dog eyes, here's Dean who uh, just uh, an abysmal failure in his in his intimidation tactics. Oh my god, yes. It's so good. It's so and, like, good. We can't leave this scene without mentioning the fact that when Cuddy points out he's a shifter, Dean just goes, shifter? So you chose that face? <laughs> I, don't, I don't let my gifts define me. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I just want to know what's ad-libbed. I want to know what's scripted because they are having so much fun this ep. My God, talking about fun, Maul, you mean, what? okay, come on, what's your real name? Maurice, Madison, Meredith. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Dean is delighting in that a little bit too much for how badly he's going to <laughs> Oh, and they are in a pickle because from here we enter into the WWE promo. That's all. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Tune in for the match of the century. The Killer Wraith versus the Jamaican Gin. Streaming 8 slash 9 p.m. Central. <laughs> Again, so meta. So good. So good. God bless. Showcasing tonight the mighty Maul versus the murderous Winchesters. And the pictures they put up are the <laughs> fucking mug shots. The f- oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Yeah. The blue steel. <laughs> The blue steel, the puppy dog. Oh, I can't believe I got caught. I I, I love that we keep calling back to those photos because it's just yeah. such a it's it it's such nostalgia for sure. It, yeah, it's an iconic moment and yeah. again, season fifteen, if we're doing callbacks, you might as well throw that one in. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so good. So, yeah, the first fight is going on. It's the Wraith versus Jin, as you mentioned, and there are a ton of monsters who are watching, and Dean is Mm -hmm. being sarcastic in his cell about, oh, yeah, great, I always wanted to die with an audience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We have Sam in his cell pretty much just sulking in the corner. Yeah, he kind of senses how boned they are. Yeah, yeah. Dean's being a little more intrepid. He's looking around the top of their cell, and it looks like he's prying a nail out of the wall. 
The famous uh, convenient nail, convenient loose nail that that the Winchesters can pull. And I'm just like, is a nail really like a valid lock picking option? Because I'm feeling nah. Well, here is here is the moment that totally flipped me on the really larger question of this episode. Which is, what's happening to Sam and Dean? Yeah. What's really going on here? So, we have Dean, and we have Sam who says, what are you doing? And Dean pulls that loose nail, and he says, I'm going to pick the lock. And he takes the, um, just the normal little, um... Uh, padlock yeah that's closing their cells shut and he sticks that nail in and he's trying to pick the lock and i'm sorry i just laughed at the i I broke a nail line but 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 ultimately dean fails to do it and then sam takes that nail and he tries himself to pick the lock and he can't do it either and he's saying what the hell we do this all the time and and then that's when the frustration i feel reaches its peak and it you know it's the crux of it all where where uh, they're asking the question if i can't do this then what is real what is even me yeah yeah. Yeah. It leads to the question of did they ever have this ability or yeah. was it always Chuck throwing that nat 20 for them? Yes. Yes. Did I ever even know how to pick a lock or was it Chuck the whole time? And this is where I felt, well, so initially my mm-hmm. feeling was that this is where the episode stumbled in that they they brought into this messy tumble um, experiences versus circumstances where, yeah. yeah. And, and if it really is that Sam and Dean have lost their competency, then that is something much larger in the, implications of the entire universe like supernatural universe than if they just um then if they're just if they just lost their luck if it's just external factors happening to them Uh or if it's internal too yes exactly exactly if dean had not been able to pull that nail that's different from them not knowing how to pick the lock. Yeah. And I really sat there puzzled with it too. Cause when we were discussing it in the after talk, I started sitting there going, Oh yeah. Like the huge implications that come with that. And like we mentioned at the top of this episode and to me, it kind of came back to they're in a stressed out environment. So they're not in the right mindset. They're using subpart equipment and they're already primed to believe they'll fail. So, now, of course they're going to fail. I, I agree with you on a certain level, but, like, points one and two there, they're in a stressful environment. They don't have the tools that they they 
they don't have the best tools available to them. Um, it, it, that's their bread and butter, right? That, but I go to, like, I, I agree. Like they, they get the MacGuffin and Mm -hmm. they go and they use it. But I would say a normal person cannot pick a lock with a nail, like bobby (laughs) pin. I'll give it to you. A paper clip. I'll give it to you. But a nail, one single nail, like you're not going to pick a lock with that, sweetie. I don't care how much experience you have with your other equipment. You need at least two pieces of metal and a fucking nail. But, just, but yeah. then comes in the question of, oh, we do this all the time. I, it, 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 it rubs me the wrong way to think that the Winchester's accomplishments are, can be chalked up to Chuck's influence. Mm-hmm. Because that invalidates the entire series. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, that's the big fear that our characters uh-huh. had at the start of this season was what was us? What's Chuck? That whole question gets thrown in there. And now they're feeling it on an intimate level of what was Chuck and what's us. Yeah. But I would say the mundaneness coming in is the tool they found was a nail. Because I feel like if they were still the protagonists, if they're still the heroes of the story, they would have found a paperclip. You know, like just that little tweak there and they would have been on the same course as usual. I'm I'm just I am so interested to see how we resolve this because Mm -hmm. because we didn't really resolve this. Well, I didn't I shouldn't say we didn't really we did not resolve this question in this episode. It's going to carry on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we, it, it come back to that first little bit of okay, is it just luck or is mm-hmm. it the rise of the mundane? Yeah. Yeah. So so my and maybe this is more like end of the episode talk, but but I'll I'll dip into it right now. My hope is that we are not committing to the um let me put it this way. My hope is that it really is just the in the seed of doubt in yes. Sam and Dean is influencing their um their their perceptions and and uh, in doubting themselves and they are setting themselves up to fail. Yeah. That's that's what I'm kind of sitting with, too. Like, yeah. going back, they're stressed, subpar equipment, and they're primed to believe they'll fail. Exactly. They're primed to believe they'll fail. And that is what I'm I'm latching on to. And, and I think that the narrative supports it as well. Yeah, that's the lens they're viewing their lives through right now. So, of course, everything's going to filter to that color. Yeah. Yeah. But but both both Sam and Dean cannot pick this lock. Uh, Sam throws the nail away in frustration, and he raises that question of of uh, was it just Chuck all along? And and they both have this moment of just like r- r- real doubt, you know. And and Dean 
rallies because he has to rally if if for nothing else for Sam's sake. Yeah, exactly. And so he is, you know, how are we going to beat Maul? Because there's no way that Chuck is going to let this be our ending. He's not going to let us die here. And Sam has a brief moment. Well, maybe we'll be paralyzed after this. (laughs) And Dean just, no, I'm giving the rousing hero speech now, whether you (laughs) like it or not. I have, in all caps, Jensen, who are you channeling here? Because the way that he delivers the line, I say we go out there. I say we go out there and we kick some ass. (laughs) He's just like Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Oh my God. I don't know that actor's name, any show he's in. I'm like, oh, it's Coach Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) And Connie Burton, when she shows up, I'm like, oh, it's Tammy Taylor. But... (laughs) He's channeling him. The the inflection that he put on that line, like, I keep waiting for someone to give it to a one-to-one because I'm like, it was such a deja vu moment. Like, who are you channeling here, Jensen? Because (laughs) because this is is, uh, something special. Yeah. The whole, it's, it was us, you know? It's our blood, sweat, and tears. It's Uh not Chuck. And they're the best in the world. They're going to go out there and they're going to kick ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. We got to win. It's fucking sports ball movies. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, yeah. And then, oh my god, we have the Winchester music playing. Oh, yes, yes. My brother and I, we were both like, this feels like an Ennio Morricone song that they're filtering (laughs) through. Like, you know, it's... Um, Blondie's famous last stand. We got good, bad, and the ugly type shit going on. <laughs> but even even the um the music, it's it's almost a parody of itself, you know. Yes, <laughs> it it really is like making fun of Jensen just with the soundtrack alone. Jensen, fuck Dean. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I mean, but, but we have the Winchester music. We have this just, just uh, satirical pep up speech paired with the Winchester music. And it's sending some sort of message. Mm -hmm. We are meant to read it as if this was a normal episode, we would be moved by it. But. Uh We're not in a normal episode, and uh-huh. it's it's not reaching its audience. It's it, it was really good. This this whole episode, the soundtrack has been on point. Hashtag on point. Oh my god! There's been so many things. Like when they went into this warehouse initially, and it sounded like fucking Seinfeld music. <laughs> I was like losing my mind. Uh huh. But okay, in the main ring. The gin is kicking the wraith's ass, and now that that fight's over, it's time for Maul to enter, and he is just roaring his acclaim to the crowd. <laughs> we have the announcer, uh, and and he gives a little shout out to Lawrence, the Winchester Brothers from Lawrence, Kansas, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> And just be like, you know them, you don't like them, the Winchesters! And everyone starts booing. Boo! Uh-huh. Bless. 
Uh-huh. Cuddy goes to retrieve them from the cage and is basically like, shirts off, boys. Mm-hmm. And when he gets there, both cells are empty. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Yeah. Let's go back, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But we immediately, again, talking about the soundtrack, we go into this, like, uh, mobster, Neor kind of... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. This like boom, 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 Pink Panther kind of music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're solving a mystery in this moment of how the hell did those cells get emptied? And, and flashback. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's Garth. Yeah. <laughs> While Maul is roaring his way into the cage, we can see Garth has come in through the crowd and he snuck his way to where the cells are and... Um, he figures that, you know, I, I called you guys, you didn't answer, so I figured you were super boned. <laughs> I love that. I mean, fucking, the, uh, Dean and Sam are literally, like, staring into the eyes of death, and then Garth meanders by, and he's like, yo, what's it's up? <laughs> yeah i figured you guys were super boned so i'm here to save the day and then both just be like yeah we're super boned, we're super boned. <laughs> i love him so much and this was also the scene where dean started coughing because he thought he swallowed a bug like, <laughs> oh my god my eyes and and that like again staring into the eyes of death um so so in the first like go of this scene where we saw Sam and Dean kind of prepping for for their big match um one of the cuts was Dean kind of like eyes highlighted from the 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 slit uh, in his cell and and he looked a little like determined but teary eyed mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and then in the recap he's like hacking into his elbow and he's like I think I swallowed a bug and he oh looks God. up and it's that same teary eyed look so like what we what we had at first is like this determined like the swelling music the rocky music oh uh, I love that you pointed this out I didn't <laughs> catch it oh my god we cause, because through this whole kind of recap we saw a multitude of moments that we saw the first time around, but in this like goofy context that, that again, I just love how the show can poke fun at itself over and over and over again. We get to get to this meta level and like who gets to go and say, is God fucking with us? And then spend 40 (laughs) minutes exploring how (laughs) in the same, in the same uh, conversation where someone reveals that they're real big fans of the Fifty Shades series. Oh my God. And a werewolf dentist to boot. God bless this fucking show. God bless this fucking show. Yeah. So, (laughs) Garth, he just grabs the padlocks to each Uh door and just, like, he's wolfed out, got Uh his strength there, and just yanks both off. And again, Jensen's delivery here of Dean's lines (laughs) just whispering, like, you're so strong. (laughs) So strong. Garth, let's roll. So strong. (laughs) Like, Dean, Dean, so strong, Winchester. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Just <laughs> enamored. Like, I never realized. Oh, like, my God. Oh, my God. 
And so now they're out. So cue the most hillbilly fucking music as they run outside. <laughs> and Dean's just shouting like, we need to regroup. We need a plan. We need a plan. Car's just like, don't worry, bros. I already have one. I planted C4 around the building and I have a remote detonator. And it's like, what? <laughs> Boom. Boom, motherfuckers. And just everyone indiscriminately is dead inside now. Like, I know. We just enacted God's will. Like, not God, but like Garth's, Garth's will on these fucks. You done got Garthed. <laughs> oh my god it's just like how many brads are in there being like i was just trying to get money for my baby mom oh my god yeah i know right so so i i did i did not like about this that garth just indiscriminately blew up this entire monster den of upwards of 100 200 people um yeah. Uh, but I did, I did love the line, uh, C4, a hunter's best friend. Yeah. I, when I saw this the first time, I mean, you heard me last night. Uh I was spiraling. I was just like, why would they even use machetes? Like, I was looking at the earlier seasons. (laughs) I'm like, why the fuck didn't they just invest in C4? Like, this vampire's den is dangerous. We don't know if we can get in and out. I'm like, just throw fucking C4 in there. Yeah. Problem fucking solved. Like, it's an outbuilding. (laughs) If they have insurance, they're fine. Like, blow that shit up. So... I I lost it. I fell off the rails as soon as C4 was introduced. I I loved it because here we have Garth, our token normal person, and he was a hunter, but he wasn't a Winchester hunter. So we have this like glorified idea of what a hunter in is go in with two machetes and and spunk and save the day but here's garth who's like c4 a hunter's best friend (laughs) this is what everybody else is using lads like yeah yeah you can't just go in and 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 hack down a din of things that are infinitely stronger than you like uh, the regular Joe recognizes that they're going against the odds and they they play the game accordingly. I I am like spiraling as I'm thinking <laughs> about this. That like all non-Winchester hunters, like not including Bob and I that, but like all the rest of the hunters, when they're looking for mysterious cases and they're just coming across like barn mysteriously exploded and like they just have to call up each other and be like, Hey, Bill, was that you? Okay, yeah. No, you don't need to check that out. I took care of that. And, like, just (laughs) half of their downtime on looking for cases is just ruling out the explosions that another hunter performed on their case. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a completely different world out there for the non-Winchesters. I I love it. And we saw a little bit of it in uh, The Life of Asa Fox. Where mm-hmm. where we had, like, this hunter community and we brought in the Winchesters and the Winchesters were just a, a whole nother beast compared yeah, they're to- they're the awkward cousins that the family get together. <laughs> I know! I know. It's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It, it blew my mind and I just continue to sit there being like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> 
But here's Garth, and he fucking saved the day. Garth, like, hey, pretty cool, right? And Sam and Dean are just like, my hero. They're just gushing. They're tripping over themselves. Being like, thank you, Garth. And, (laughs) And then we see a shadow coming out through the fire, and holy fuck, Maul lived through that explosion. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 Maul is is still hankering for that fight that he was denied in the cage. Yeah, Maul just wants that fight, and Garth tells them to go get out of here, and he wolfs out, and it's you can feel like oh you know this is the new hero facing off against the villain, uh-huh. and nope, Maul just punches him once he goes flying like a rag doll <laughs> into the back of this truck bed and he is knocked out. Aww. So, oh, he- heroic but not quite the hero level we need. Still why the while this fucking music is going. Fucking oh my this part here I just was like laughing because Sam with no control of his limbs and Dean and his little bow legs. They're just fucking booking her. They're like, we need to get out of here. We need to regroup. <laughs> Dean comes up. Bring it on, Madison. <laughs> and they are getting whooped. They have absolutely, like, uh, uh, they are kittens batting against this Labrador. They, and, and, and Maul is just indulging them for a little while until he just wrecks them. He, he, uh, knocks Dean where it hurts to, to put it delicately. <laughs> he th- punches Sam right across the jaw. Sends him flying. Dean comes back swinging. Uh, but those washboard abs are just... It's its the tiny little fists of flurry uh-huh. against Maul's stomach. Yeah. yeah. And like, no dents happening there. Just a lone headbutt coming down and kicking <laughs> Dean aside. And like, they're both losing dean gets put in a headlock yeah. and he's getting choked out until he starts tapping on the arm he's like no no tap out <laughs> like mole's having fun with this fight he is it, it's a slapdash kind of comedy fight and yeah <laughs> it, this was one of those parts where i was like i'm kind of out of this because the on the surface level, it, it's it's fun. It's slapdash. They're having a good time. But yeah. on the implications level of things, I'm like, did this is serious. Like, if they've lost their ability to fight monsters, to fight things that they could fight before, like, that's huge repercussions, huge implications for what it means for them to go up against Chuck. So I was like, on first view, I don't want to laugh about this. This is serious. Yeah, yeah, it's very slapdash, but again, it dips into that competency versus circumstance thing, where Mm -hmm. what did Chuck take away from the Winchesters? Because it seems to me that they didn't just get thrown into, again, they didn't just lose their luck, they they lost their abilities, the abilities that they, blood, sweat, and tears, earned. In my and it's eyes. just making me think, like you mentioned, when we opened this episode and the first person we saw 
we weren't told was a werewolf, but we looked and we're like, okay, that's a werewolf. Like, casting-wise, that's a werewolf. And Mm -hmm. when you think of how this show casts a vampire, they don't cast the six foot six, 300 pound guy. Mm -hmm. So is this a case of they've lost their abilities or they have never faced a monster? Like they've never faced a vampire of this body build, of this strength level before. I just, you sit there and you're like, what, what is the reason why they're sucking at this? Yeah. What is the reason why? Is it because they don't believe? Is it because they've never faced or did they lose something intrinsic to themselves or at least that they had thought was intrinsic, but wasn't? It is a huge question. And I really like that we're dedicating at least another hour to it in the next episode because because it to address it needs that that time. Yeah, we can't leave it in a one-off episode. It needs... We we can't leave it hanging as one of those threads of, oh, no, wait, what? Like, I know it was fun then, but what does it mean? And yeah. it's like you're saying, thank God we get another hour to look at this. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because I love the Heroes debuff. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, so... Um, so this fight ends when we have this slapdash comedy of, of puny Sam and Dean Winchester who, who are getting that slap, that reality slap to the face on, you know, no, we, we can't handle this. And then Maul. They would be dead if Maul wasn't having fun with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we have this face off and then, and then out of nowhere, Here's the hero. Here's Garth, who who machete <laughs> karate chops um, Maul through through the skull, and I I say it in that way because I I found it interesting that it wasn't that that clean decapitation that we tend to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly the. Easy slice through the neck that yes. normally happens. Yes. Like, that's that's the killing blow to a vampire, ergo it, it happens. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, even that, even such a small detail as that, um, uh, it just, just highlights the, the whole, the whole theme of the episode. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that you're pointing these things out. <laughs> We and, and we end the fight there and me, I'm looking at my watch at this point and I'm thinking, okay, there's 10 minutes left. What, how are we going to resolve this? Because, yeah. because I'm not used to us carrying these monster of the week kind of like, especially as something as um, uh, one of those like humorous episodes, you know, as this. Yeah, because... Normally, our changing channels, our French mistake, like the implications of that universe are contained within that universe. Uh-huh. But here, the implications are in the world at large. Yeah. So yeah. How do we wrap that up? Yeah. I'm thinking, how are we going to wrap this up in the five minutes left that we have of the episode? Um, because because I'm, again, fully expecting us to you know, tie a bow on it. Uh, but then we, we don't. As we've said, we, we, we do not. And I, I really liked that. It, 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 uh, um, 
it it subverted my expectations. Yeah. And we round out this scene, I guess, with just Dean crowing victorious, but his voice is really <laughs> high because of that groin shot. And he's narrating the pain that he's feeling because apparently he's never fully experienced a groin kick before. <laughs> I, I really liked... Um... Like, so when Garth took down Maul, we had that sigh of relief. But in that moment, Dean was like, okay, I can I can actually grab my nads now. <laughs> yes. Unclench, Dean, and unclench. Just, <laughs> just feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, again, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what was improv and what was just like Jensen? You know, it'd be funny. Uh-huh. In a high voice. I'm like, please, I'm dying. Absolutely. My children are dying. You need to stop. <laughs> so yeah. We're, well, second to last scene, I guess. So the so Maul is dead. And now we're our actual wrap up. So now we are wrapping up. Yeah. We return to Garth's family home. And Sam and Dean are taking turns. They each have a twin baby. And... <laughs> uh, Dean's kind of staring down at his one and he's going, this cast keeps looking at me weird. <laughs> Sam. So kind of like the real cast, huh? Bess has yeah. packed them up more grilled cheeses. <laughs> Which Dean Which and Sam are take. too, yeah, too <laughs> polite to turn away. Even though, yeah, the unfortunate implications of either lactose intolerance or the lack of an iron stomach. <laughs> oh my God. And and they bid they bid the family goodbye. Yep, they well Sam and Dean head outside and they're there with Garth and they're just giving him kudos for saving them and destroying all the monsters. Like that's not nothing. That's being a hero. They say. Yeah, yeah. And this is what I was calling to before we even started our recap. Um, where where we have uh, Garth, our token normie, again, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's our, being... our side character. Yeah, yeah, and and you can be a hero. So so this is kind of the message that I would like to see delivered to Sam and Dean in the next episode. Like you you only fall because you you set yourself up to to fall. So, yeah, because Garth responds to them saying, like, that's being a hero. He goes, well, I guess I learned from the best. Yeah. Like, he's saying, I I got that from you guys. Like, that's in you. They're, they're trying to say you've been elevated. He's like, well, I'm doing what I'm, I'm emulating uh-huh. you guys. And uh-huh. it's, I saw the narrative comparison of Dumbo with the magic feather and they need yeah. to get the magic feather back. I love that. I love that. And and that is very that's very apt. I I will take that and carry it into the next episode. My expectations for the next episode, definitely. Mhm. I like also the like going back to that hero's journey, you know, the hero gets tried and tested through increasingly difficult obstacles yeah. and comes out victorious. And we can say, well, is that actually the journey that Sam and Dean need to return to? Or do they need to 
not only embrace their own strengths, but also embrace the fact that they can subvert that. Like that might be the path that Chuck has set out for them, but that doesn't mean they have to go it alone. Having Garth here, having Garth's help is what saved them. Not trying to rise to the challenge of the hero's Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah, yeah. The hero's journey put in front of them being that like that challenge that they didn't have to face because because Garth, you know, because of the help that they had along the way. I I didn't consider that as as a possible like message of the episode, but I'd like it a lot. Yeah, I I just really like the questions that come up, you know. Do, Sam and Dean are sitting here saying, "We need to get our mojo back. We need to get back on that path." Yeah. And there's just kind of the question, "Well, do you like can you I I get what happens in this final scene between Sam and Dean when they're saying uh-huh. like normal people problems. We our lives don't involve that, so we need to be able to handle supernatural solutions. But we do get to see like don't go it alone as being a really common theme that comes up in this season and Sam and Dean don't have to do things by themselves and when they do things by themselves is when it's at its bleakest yeah yeah and and real quick what we're talking about what what we're building up to is that Garth's um impart like departing wisdom is to say you know I wasn't going to mention it before but I, I, I did hear about this place, this place you could go if your luck's gone bad. And, and, uh, it, it, you know, these places, this, this kind of thing always comes with a catch, but, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's in Alaska it, and, and you'll know it when you see it, whatever that means. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on this stretch of road between Barrow and Kotzebue. And people who have run into bad luck, they go there to change it. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe you guys can use that, but you know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then now we have, you know, the, the Winchesters have a dilemma. Yeah. These places always come with a catch. This, this is, it's never easy, but but can we really achieve our goals without, you know, going on as we are? And and the conclusion yeah, that they come to is no. Yeah, can we afford to get used to normal? Yeah, yeah. And and that's what Dean says. Like, okay, normal is fine for normal people with normal problems. But... Mm-hmm. But we, our lives have never been normal. And, and if we keep going on like this, like, this is dangerous. And, and when Chuck comes back, we will not, cannot win unless we find our normal. Yes. It's not an if, it's a when Chuck comes back. They need to be able to go up against him. Yeah. 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 So, so Alaska. Alaska is where we're going to go. And yeah. yet they go to... Well, I'm like, we cannot leave we this cannot. episode yeah. without mentioning that Werewolves of London <laughs> plays 
we can't leave without mentioning that Garth goes and gets his last hugs from Sam and Dean and Dean <laughs> is like, oh, you don't smell too bad yourself. And I'm just like screaming the whole fucking time in my head <laughs> as Werewolves of London starts playing. I'm like, do not be that kid rock song. Let it be fucking Warren Zevran. I need this. And it was. When... That, I mean, as we establish in the after talk, this is like, oh, a beloved song for both of us. Like, this is, we both love this song. So when it started playing, insta tune in, insta investment. And then what happens- Insta delight. Yes, yes. And what happens is we have Sam and Dean pausing before they get in the car and drive away. And looking back and seeing Garth dancing with Beth in the living room, just having a joyful moment, just being content in the moment. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, normal's not so bad, is it? And like, this is a hunter who went yeah. and saved them and then gets to return to a happy home life. Like, yeah, we are seeing a end games for hunters that where they blend with the normal and it works and i just i carry hope for the ending for sam and dean and Cass, and it's just nice to see garth setting an example of kind of the joy of blending those two worlds yeah absolutely and it is garth setting an example and and i would challenge any viewer to view Sam and Dean in this moment and see what's what's happening in them in this moment. Uh, they they're looking on wistfully. Yeah. Dean even says, you know, I always thought I could be a good dancer if I wanted to be. Like and he's looking at that moment and you know, I kind of like this too. Yeah, yeah. It's he's too afraid to say you know i wish i wish i could have this kind of life i wish that Mm -hmm. um i could take the good bad and the ugly and and i wish that it could all weave together in something stable and and um and good just good dean earlier said like you've got a good thing here so mm-hmm. so for uh, he's taking that feeling and couching it in humor deflecting within himself in a way to say mm-hmm. you know I, I i i always thought i would be good at dancing i always thought i could do this yeah and it's a little callback for the viewer too to the dream that Dean yeah. had. Like there's that's the reason why Dean's subconscious went there. Or we'd flip it the other way. He's saying this because he's reminiscent of that fever dream that he was having during his cavity fills. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We can't uh, to stay. Alaska. Yeah. We can't say because we're going to Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. They go to depart. And baby's engine is struggling, and we exit on Dean. His the screen's black, but we get to hear his "son of a bitch." 
<laughs> because baby can't even make it out the driveway. Poor baby. Poor this baby. whole episode is just poor Sam, poor Garth, poor Dean, poor baby. The level of degradement, the <laughs> shit and abuse. The shit and the abuse. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But we've made it and we're so excited for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot like big, big questions being raised here. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it's hard to even speak on them because it, it, there's so many different interpretations of what the intent even is. Yes. So so I cannot wait for the next episode. Yeah. I love the hero's debuff. I, again, I, I'm like, this is my final takeaway. I love the okay. first 25 <laughs> minutes. I could spend literal hours watching them be inconvenienced by shit. Like, uh-huh. It's it's my jam, so uh-huh. I love it. And I look forward to seeing more next week. Okay, okay. That's your final takeaway? What's your final takeaway? My final takeaway would really be a future state of all of this. Because here we have Sam and Dean pretty much assuming something about the situation. Mm-hmm. And... And on those big questions that c- can be interpreted in a multitude of different ways, um, it's we are given no information. We just see what's happening to Sam and Dean with no, like, I guess, uh, viewer insight. Like, we are only seeing what Sam and Dean are seeing. Yeah, we have no show answers. We yeah. have the characters muddying through and finding what they think the answers are. Yeah, yeah. Like, even in something like The French Mistake, we had uh, a, a Balthazar coming in at the end of the, of the episode, like, giving the rundown. Like, oh, yeah, I did this because of this and that. Yes. And then, yeah, yeah. So we we don't know the the behind the curtains motivations on any of this. And and if we're stretching this into two episodes, then we are going to have to see some like higher level uh, explanation for all of this. Yes. And Whatever I'm excited. characters are introduced yeah. in next episode will maybe give us clear insight or concrete insight beyond what our quote-unquote normal people can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm excited to see where that goes or what it means. No kidding. Uh-huh. What does it mean? Okay. What does it mean? <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's my takeaway from this episode. Just, like, super excited for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is a great primer for enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Here we are, season 15, episode 10, The Hero's Journey. Yeah, yeah. And and we appreciate your listenership as always. Remember that we do have a Patreon account where we release our show notes and our uh, episode after talk that is just fresh off the press uh, releases on our thoughts and if you ever want to uh, hit us up on Tumblr, Twitter, our website, wherever, then then we'd love to see it. Leave a comment or a review. Or, you know, I do want to take a moment to say this is our halfway point in the season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ten episodes. And 
how long has this 10 episodes seemed, right? Oh, I know. I kind of love how long it feels because uh-huh. it just means the end of the show feels that far away, too. I agree. I agree. And uh, we have had so much jam-packed in this first 10 episodes, and we have 10 more. So, guys, recommend us to a friend. Say, hey, elevate your season 15 with with no chick flick moments because because it, 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 we think that we could put out a good product and and we love that you guys listen so we want to have a conversation with you guys over over this whole season 15 and we're having tons of fun and we're only halfway there yes and we want to celebrate this show with you guys like we're in the final season let's celebrate it Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sitting here thinking we're only halfway there. So, yes. So, yeah. See you guys next week for episode 11, The Gambler. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.